praise you. Glorify you. We thank you. So, Lord God, let us honor you through our lives, through everything that we do. You are Jehovah. You are king. And we're so undeserving. But we say thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Acts. A-C-T-S. Not A-X-E. A-C-T-S. I'm not going there. Turn to chapter 5 in the book of Acts. Verse 11. And the scripture reads, And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard of these things. At the hands of the, of the apostles, of the apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and there were they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. What fear, what fear came across them? Well, if you read back, if you've read Acts chapter 5, you know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Spirit, and they lied to the Holy Spirit, and they dropped dead. Real simple, they dropped dead. But what's, what's more important is that after this happened, and we're going to go back later and, and address them. But today, as we read about what God has done, the fear in offering, the fear in worshiping, the fear that's needed that God desires for us when we come before him. Not a, oh, I'm scared of him, he's going to hurt me, but we know the reverence. The reverence for God, who is God, the reverence for the power that he is. And see, and after Ananias and Sapphira, after they dropped dead, and I, I can't say it any other way because we know that's what happened. After they dropped dead, and we read verse 11, and it says, And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard these things. They had a newfound respect for God. They had a newfound respect for the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So we have to ask ourselves in, in today's society, in 21st century Trustful, Alabama, do we have that great fear of God? Most of us could probably sit here and go, not the way I should. We say and do and act how we want. Basically, don't we? We kind of think we're getting away with some things, don't we, sometimes? And sometimes we aren't getting away with it, and then we act surprised when something happens. But by the grace of God, we're not dropping dead when we offer in the improper way. We could be. This is the New Testament church where Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead and how they offered to God. But we're not. Why? 
because we have a gracious and loving and sparing God that is giving us opportunity to learn, giving us opportunities to surrender, giving us the opportunity that we need to, learn, to, to take the time to dig in and know what's true and what's right and what's holy and what is acceptable to him. Last week, we preached a message on presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, uh, which, is, which is a holy, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him. We, we learned that last week. And I gave you the example of what, in my life, what God had me to do in that sacrifice. Ananias and Sapphira didn't have that sacrifice in their life. They wanted to hold and keep and and do things kind of their way. Sound familiar? I, you notice I said kind of their way. Let me let in just a little bit of God so it can seem holy, but then let me do it still my way. So this fear, this great fear, where is it at in our offerings? You see, God is pleased when we sacrifice to him when we give of ourselves and we give of our things God is pleased with that but where is it here this is a hard question to answer where is it here where is it concerning your life in verse 12 when it says at the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were taking place among the people and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. You know, I think about it. I just ask you, how does church sound when you get up and you talk and you walk? You know, and I ask you to start greeting. If I were to stop this sermon right now and say, take another five minutes and start greeting each other. You know what y'all would do? Do you know what you would do? You, well, yeah, you take 15. Thank you, Ernie. You would take 15 minutes. But you would be, you know what we would? We would get up and we would greet each other. And that would be a sign of us being in one accord. Because, you know, we all got something we want to say to something else, someone else. Good things, not bad things, you know. It's not that someone wants to get on their soapbox, but we would do that. So we get in one accord in that respect. But do we get in one accord when it comes to the fear of God? Do you? Do you? Can anyone answer that question? Does everyone understand the question? Are we in one accord when it comes down to fearing God? Okay. Bold statement. Take your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 2. Don't lose the book of Acts, but turn to John chapter 2. I want to talk to you about something. I love the way God is doing this. John chapter 2, and go to verse 13 in John chapter 2. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their table. Verse 15, and he made a scourge of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changer and overturned their tables. Verse 16, and to those who were selling the doves, he said, 
Take these, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. You see, the same thing that Ananias and Sapphira didn't have for God at the, this time, the Jews didn't have for God and their offerings. And God wasn't pleased with what they were bringing, if they brought anything. You see, we find here in John chapter 2 that Jesus is cleansing the temple the first time. He has to do it twice. This is going to be proof that there is no fear. Can you imagine? What did you say as parents when you were raising your children? Don't make me have to repeat myself. Anybody, any parent ever said that? Amen. Brother God threw his hand up. Don't make me have to repeat myself. If I got to tell you one more again, it's going to be ugly. Let me tell you one more time. Anybody ever stood before a judge? You ain't got to raise your hand. <laughs> but have you ever stood before a judge for the same thing over and over and over again? And he says, you obviously hadn't learned your lesson. Here we find in John chapter 2 that Jesus comes into Jerusalem and, and when he went up and he found, look what he found in verse 40, and he found the temple and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and money changers seated at their table. Well, let's handle this right now. We have these people that are coming in and they're, uh, they're selling offerings. First off, the people had gotten lazy and they didn't want to risk traveling a great distance with their sacrifice that it may become blemished or they may lose it, it may die, may anything like happen. So they went into this convenience mode. And like any other businessman, and I'm not faulting business people. It's because of business people that I have a job today, okay? So I'm not faulting that. But they make a wise decision, they think. And they say, well, why don't we just start offering the sacrifices here at the temple? That way when people get here, they can just pick one up. But what went into the sacrifice? If you go back and read all the old laws, what went into the sacrifice? What did you have to do? What, what, what kind of oxen did you have to get? What kind of sheep did you have to get? What, why did you have doves even offered? You see, the, the preparation of the offering was just as important as making the offering. You hear what I'm saying? The effort that put, went into the offering was just as important. But at some point, we, started fear, we stopped fearing God, and we started going for the convenient things of life. Or what best suits me. You see, when you come and you offer me something, hopefully you would offer me something that would be pleasing to me. Don't come and bring me what you like. You might like chitlins. I don't. Don't come offering me no chitlins, okay? Y'all know where those come from, don't you? You know what's been through them, right? Just saying. Don't come offering me that. Ooh, chitlins. You ever been in a house that's been cooking them? Ooh, son. Why would you do that? Like I said before, I want to meet the guy that looked at that and said, hey, I want to cook it and eat that. Really? But anyway, let's get back to the sacrifice. I mean, what, you know, gosh. Nothing like a good bowl of intestines in front of you. Okay, so here we go. So he says, and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen. And all of a sudden, they, 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 they're like, it's okay. 
you come here and pick up your offering. Now, keep in mind, the temple was all set up about getting your mind right to come and worship God. I've told you before, the steps of the temple are not even even. They're uneven. You know, here, you know, because of laws and regulations, they have to, the risers have to be the same size and have to be a certain distance and all this stuff for, for ADA and all these other things. You can't have uneven steps. Or, you know, the lawyer is going to knock on your door and say, hey, you, you built these wrong. We can sue you. Because, but the steps of the temple are not even. They're, they're, they're not, I'm not saying they're on level, but they're spaced differently because it forces you to slow down and think about what you're doing before you get in there. And now all they have to do is come in and get their oxen and their sheep and take them and offer them. But nothing's sacrificed. They haven't given of themselves. All they did was just take the time to go and offer. And so Jesus is coming in, and this is what he finds in the temple. People selling. They're selling the oxen. They're they're selling the, 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 the oxen. They're selling the sheep. They're selling the doves. Wait a minute. And then they're charging a whole lot of money for them. And then they have these money changers that are in there. Now, keep in mind, don't group the money changers and the, those that are selling the offerings together. They're two different things. Because what you have to understand about the money changers, you've got to remember every male 20 years and older had to come in and offer tribute as well. And he had to offer it in a specific currency when he had to do that. And so he had to convert. And so these money changers were exchanging, had extremely high exchange rates. Very high interest they were charging to exchange their currency. And people were paying that. And so Jesus is saying this. You made my house a house of business. So he made a scourge and he drove them out. Keep in mind, he drove them out. Just like he drove out Adam and Eve out of the garden, he drove them out. He forcibly removed them from the temple with the scourge. That's our Jesus. Because this business practice was going on because great fear, the great fear we read about in Acts chapter 5, verse 11, that great fear was no longer there. You read the Old Testament, and this didn't happen. But now, it's happening. So I ask you again, 21st century Sulphur Springs, Alabama, Sulphur Springs Church in Trustville, Alabama, do we have great fear when it comes to God? No, we do not. We do not have great fear. We trust him. We trust him. We have to or we wouldn't have a list this long. We trust him, but is there a fear tied to him of how we come in and how we present to him? Is there a fear tied to it when we come in? Is, there, is, is it there? Is it there? And so Jesus came in and drove, him out, drove them out. Would he do the same to us today? Would he do the same to us today? Would anyone dare to answer that question? If he came in and looked at some, we were talking about it earlier in Sunday school. If he came in and looked at some of the things that are on our walls right now, would he drive us out of here? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not just, I'm not talking about the banners. I mean, look at everything. 
Would he drive us out? Is, is there fear when we think about what we're doing? Now look at this in verse 16. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Verse 17. And then this is where the disciples clicked in. He's like, mm, I remember reading that. It says his disciples remembered that it was written. Zeal for your house will consume me. Zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus came in and he said, you know what? You guys, you ain't getting it right. You're, you're buying an oxen when the sacrifice is all about you making the sacrifice. You, you are selling oxen. You're profiting of something that is supposed to be holy to the Lord. Because God has set it up, and we want to talk about it in a minute. God has set it up. It's not just for the rich to come in and sacrifice. It is not just for that. Because God set it up for even those who couldn't afford to sacrifice. Here's, a, here's an option for you. This is what you can do. But the sacrifice had to be holy. It had to be a soothing aroma to him. And at this point in the temple, the offerings were no longer soothing. The genuineness of the offering was no longer soothing because the great, great fear is no longer in the house of God. Great fear. We sing songs. We sing songs. And we determine whether we like it or not. We determine. We determine whether we like the song or not. Wrong answer there, y'all, right? Does God love it? And let me tell you something. He loves every bad note, every cracking voice chord. He loves it all when you're giving it to him. See? I'm not going back to old and new songs. That, we're, we're, we're way past that. That's, that's water. That's, that's, that's stuff that's down the creek. I'm talking about whether or not we feel like even singing to him. You ever get a case of the happies? What song do you sing? Miss Jan, I'm going I'm to call you out in the crowd. What song do you sing? What song do you love to sing when you just get a case of the happies? Close your mouth and think about it. You can't pick one because why? Why, though? Because you love singing who to, to who you're singing them to, right? It's not just a song that you like, right? It's just something that you enjoy singing, correct? It's something you know. It's something that you know you can offer to God. Trinity, what's, if you, when you get a case of the happies and it's just time to sing, what do you just do? You sing what? She's not pinning it down to one thing, y'all. You see what I'm saying? She's not, she's, not, she's not singing just to one person. I mean, it's just 
just to make her happy. It's the spirit that gets upon her, and she gets a spirit. Miss Jan gets a spirit. You get a spirit that when this song hits you, it's time to offer up to God. It's time to sing to it, and you get a fear that, hey, I better, I better start worshiping him right now, right? And it don't necessarily start at 1030 on Sunday morning. Now, does it? We're all sitting here trying to get ourselves fixed up and ready to come in and sing something to God. But if the great fear was there, the song started the moment that your eyes, the sleep in your eyes was cracked open. And that's when the song started. You get it? You see, there wasn't a great fear over the church. They, they, it wasn't a great fear over Ananias and Sapphira. They were like, God's going to accept this. Yeah, we all agreed to one thing, but I'm going to give God this, and he's going to be okay with it, and I can get it by, and I can sneak it through. There was no fear in that decision. There was no fear in that decision. Oh, the money changers and the oxen, sellers of oxen. Oh, hey, God's okay with this. We're doing it in his house, so it must be holy. We're exchanging it in his, in his, right here in his temple, so he's got to approve, right? Right? Oh, it's got to be. Remember remember the angel series? Let me bring that back to you. Well, it's, it, it, they're, they're pretty and flowing, and they got wings and a halo. It's got to be holy. Wrong. We do things missing the fear of God having the fear of God. Now, take your Bibles, turn to Mark, and go to chapter, go to Mark chapter 11. Let's go to the second time when they're still not afraid of God. Mark chapter 11, and go to verse 15. Now, Jesus is about to go to the cross now, and so he comes back to Jerusalem. It's triumphal, his triumphal entry. People are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And then we get to verse 15. And they came, then they came to Jerusalem. And he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were buying. Whoa! See, we didn't hear that in, in John. Those who were buying and selling. Look! He's getting both of you. How dare you walk into my house and think you can buy an offering? How dare you walk into my house and think you can sell an offering? You got no fear. You think it's okay. Now look at this. This is awesome. And he began driving those who were buying and selling in the temple. Why would he drive out those who were buying? They weren't ready to offer nothing to God. They, God wasn't the first thing on their mind. The first thing on their mind was fulfilling their religious duty. They were more scared of the deacons than they were, God, if I don't show up and bring my tithe, someone's going to come knock on the door with a sheriff, and they're going to jack my checkbook, and they're going to take my wallet, and they're going to go and make sure I put it in the offering. That's what they think is going to happen. They're trying to impress the Pharisees. They're not trying to impress God. They're not even trying to please God. Hello? Are we there today? Are we, are we hearing it? We, did, did you hear that? Because I heard it loud and clear. I, don't, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna even lie to you, y'all. I've been praying about this offering stuff. I really have been praying hard about it. 
and how, how God really give me clarity. And he starts pointing to these scriptures and he starts giving me these these first century examples. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, wow. Wow. Have we been wrong? First off, we're not sacrificing ourselves. We talked about that last week. Second of all, we're lying about what we are sacrificing. Because for them to come and buy that offering and say, here, God, here's the works of my hands. It is not the works of your hands. It is not the works of your hands. Now, look at this scripture. Get it. Get it clearly. He began driving out those who were buying and selling in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers. Now, keep in mind, this has already happened once before. This ain't no new temple. He's had to do it once before. Don't make me tell you again. And guess what they did? After he did it the first time and he drove them out the first time, guess what they kept doing? Oh, yeah. Is he gone? Is he gone? Okay. That's like if I ever leave here, which that's not my prayer, but if I ever leave here, like y'all have all them angel figurines stacked up in the back somewhere. Well, he's gone now. Let's put him back up. (laughs) Amen. But you see what I'm saying? Well, Jesus is gone now. So, hey, bring the cows back in. Bring the cattle back in. Look at this. He says, and look at this. He's overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. (laughs) And he, now look at this. Look at verse 16. And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. Now, what does that mean? It's not what you think it means. Let me tell you something. In this day and age, guess what? Where the temple was located, it was quicker to walk through the temple to get to the other side. People started using stuff to carry merchandise and everything as a shortcut through the temple. That's what they were doing. No fear of God. They weren't stopping in the temple. They were just, hey, it's quicker. Let's go this way. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, the proper way is, this, let's say this area right here. Okay, let's say from right here to the end of that aisle. Big Mike, stand up. Stand up right there at the end. Stand up there at the end, in the middle. I'm the uh, object lesson. Just stand in the middle of the aisle. Jamie, come here. Come here. I like picking on you, Jamie. You're so easy. Come on. Right here. I want you to, I want you to imagine that these two are cherubs on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? Imagine that's what they are. And the space in between here, you are not supposed to travel in. I want to get to that door. So my, my, I, the right way is for me to do this. This is the right way for me to do it, to get to that door back there. That's, this is the right way, okay? And now I'm here. Took a little more time, didn't it? Took a little more effort, didn't it? Wasn't convenient. Now, I want to get back to the pulpit. The right way for me to do that is to do this, okay? This is the right way for me to do that. Now, those are my two cherubs, okay? Those are my two cherubs. What they were doing is they were taking their stuff, And they were going through the place where they didn't need to, to get to that door. They were just passing through. They weren't even trying to worship. They were just trying to get through the quickest way they could. That's why he said he would not permit them to pass through the temple anymore. He stopped the shortcut. 
It's not always convenient. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. You can sit down. See, it wasn't nothing embarrassing. I didn't make you guys, you know, recite nothing or nothing like that. And keep in mind, look at verse 16. And he would not permit anyone to carry merchandise through the temple anymore. He stopped all of that. You see, they started taking the shortcut and the easy way. The temple had no fear of God in it any longer. You hear what I'm saying? There was no more fear of God. That would be like us coming in here today and having a paintball fight in the sanctuary and say, it's okay. There's got to be a fear of God in everything, including the offering. There was no fear in whether how he was going to feel about what they gave. It wasn't from their hands. And then, I want, to, I want you to note something. And in both situations, and the seats of those who were selling doves, and he overturned them. Understand, why was the dove offered? It was for the poor. But what was happening was the rich people were coming in and buying dove. They weren't even paying for the oxen. Now, this is key. Look at verse 17. And he began to teach them. Now, notice, he began to teach them and say to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a robber's den? There are two scriptures here that are referenced in this one statement. Isaiah 56 and 7. Okay. And Jeremiah wrote it down here. Jeremiah 7. Verse 8. That's a blend of two scriptures. But he says this. He says, it is, an, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a robber's den. Notice what he says this time. He said the first time he cleansed the temple, it was a place of business. But now he's changed it to a robber's den. Why is it a robber's den? Scripture you've long been waiting for since I've been teaching on this soothing aroma. Go to Malachi chapter 3. And y'all been waiting on it. You know it's going to have to get there. You can't talk about offerings unless you go to Malachi. Look at verse 8. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Verse 10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up to you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Then I will rebuke the devourer for for you so that you will not destroy. It will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord. All the nations will call you blessed for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. This is verse 13. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his charge and that we have walked in the morning before the Lord of hosts? So now we are called the arrogant. So now we call the arrogant blessed 
Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. Ouch. He's called them robbers in Mark chapter 11. Because they were trying to get by cheap on the offering. Now, I'm not telling everybody to come up here and shake your wallets into the offering. I'm not telling you to do that. You, you don't need to suffer what Ananias and Sapphira did. See, that's the problem. It wasn't a dollar amount that got them in trouble. It was the lie. You understand what I'm saying? It was the lie that got them. They could have easily sold that land and said, God, this is what we commit to you. And been honest about it. But they made it as a pretense that they were giving everything that they received. And it was a lie. They had no fear. Just like the money changers and the, those who were selling the oxen and those who were just selling doves. You think those people selling doves cared whether you were rich or not? Do you think they cared whether they were selling to a rich person or not? That person that only had one denarii or two little copper coins, that dove was for them because they couldn't afford it. But when the rich people could walk in and say, oh, here you go, give me the doves, they're cheaper. It's not about going into the temple and finding the best deal. You see, has any of this made sense? Y'all are staring at me real different. Has any of this made sense? Uh, good. I, I'm not worried about all the amens and all that stuff. That don't bother me. I want to make sure you're getting that there's got to be fear of God when we offer reverence. Reverence. We go back to Acts chapter 5. There's a, no, no, stop, stop. You're still in Malachi. Go to chapter 1. Verse 6. And this is for the priest. Because you see, you got to keep in mind. I want you to deal with this. I preached this before. The Pharisees were getting their cuts of the money changers because they couldn't have come in there and done what they were doing unless they had approval from the Pharisees and the Sadducees to do what they were doing. Now look at verse 6 in chapter 1 of Malachi. A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then if I'm a father, where is my honor? In other words, this is that same type of fear. Where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my respect? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? You are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? And in, in that, that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is that not evil? You see, when you're coming in, the priest weren't checking to see the quality of the sacrifices that these guys were selling. Huh? They weren't sick. Hey, there was no quality check there. You know, when you walk into a Publix and, you know, meat's great. It's all good. You get good meat. You put, a, put the ground beef on your grill and it don't set your grill on fire. You know what I mean? You ever had one of them burgers where you buy it from a place that has cheap ground beef? And it's got all that fat in it. You set it on there. You look out there three minutes later and the whole grill's ablaze. And, you know, you got charcoal briquettes to go between your buns. 
but you go to Publix and get their meat, and it just lays there, and it goes, oh, you're gonna, it's going to taste so good. And they check the quality of the stuff that they put out. Sometimes they don't, but they do. And see, and he says, look at this. He says, but look at verse 8. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is, that, is it not evil? There's a quality of offering. And when you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you or would he receive you kindly, says the Lord of hosts? Hey, would he take anything from your hand? Go down to Montgomery and spit in the governor's face and see if she don't go. Oh, you know she can shoot, right? You saw that ad. (laughs) Would she receive you kindly? Hmm? You want to give a gift, you want to offer something, you need to think about it, don't you? You know, people get mad about gift cards and all that other stuff. <laughs> okay, bad example, never mind. But how, and we expect God to receive us, and we expect what we offer him when we sing and when we do our offerings. We expect him to receive us kindly don't we that's what we want from him but when we half-heartedly do it and we put no effort into it no effort whatsoever it's not the it's not the effort it it is is the reason for the effort that he's looking at are you doing it in faith because you love me and you fear me or are you just doing it which one so would he be received kindly we do more for our cousins and our uncles and our aunts and our everyone else than we do for God. Now, Jesus said, when I was cold and naked and all these other things, he said, when you do that to me, when you do that to them, you've done it unto me, right? So then fine. I'll use Eric Sims as an example again. When it came time to collect food for Kentucky, Eric said, we're buying the good stuff. And he researched it he put in effort to find out what was the best i don't think it was the best i think he's wrong i think it was skippy right yeah peter pan oh jiff has got it okay jiff creamy's got it but anyway we're going to disagree on that we're not going to have a church split over peanut butter. why are you coming to this church well my pastor don't like the peanut butter that i like can you hear that happening that would be funny the best you ought to give him that because you're afraid of him Ananias and Sapphira offered him a lie go to Acts chapter 5 and we're going to go to chapter 4 verse 37 let's go back on something we've already covered so Barnabas here Let's start at verse 36 in chapter 4 of Acts. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Perfect. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back some of the, of the price for himself with his wife's full knowledge and bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. There's the lie. 
they even mimicked the offering process that Barnabas had followed by laying it at the feet. That's the lie. And then the story goes on. They drop dead. And after they drop dead, we go to verse 11 again, and we're going to finish with this. And great fear came over the whole church and over all who heard of these things. They were afraid. Because not only did they witness the power of God, but they respected his power and that he deserved the best. And you cannot lie. Because the next verse says they all got in one accord. I mean, I don't want that to happen here. I'm not asking for anyone, you know, I, we don't need people dropping dead in here to, for us to get afraid of God. We don't need that to happen, right? All right, so, because we don't know who it might be. What if it was me? And like, woo, the pastor just, boom, there he went. I mean, try to get another pastor in here if you find, if they find out the pastors are dropping dead in the pulpit. I'm not going over there. See? The fear of God has got to be there. The fear of God has got to be there. And when that happens, he's pleased with that aroma. So as our ushers come, we don't have the youth here today, so we're going to need some grown folks to come on up here. Come on. Y'all come on up. Come on up. We need six of you. We got three. We got, we, got a, we got a quarter of a baker's dozen, right? Come on. Come on. Let me call y'all by name? Come on, Mark Blair. Come on up. You can come on. I'm calling you out. Oh, we got six. Yeah, Ernie, sit down. We got Mark coming. Think about what you're about to do now. I want you to think about what you're about to do. What is it that we're about to do right now? What is it? We've been offering and worshiping this entire service. We're supposed to be, right? So what is about to happen this very moment now? Now you're about to do what else? You're about to take something from your hand. Not just, but from your hand. And give it to God. How are you to do that? How are you to do that? Did, did, did you get the message? Because I need you to understand before you do that. If you've already done it, and there's already some things there, if you've already done it, you need to be really thinking about how you did that. Okay? Y'all, it's not about me beating you up. It's about me teaching you and having you in the right frame of mind to go before our Lord. And you're always before our God. You know that, right? You know, we teach our children when they're young. God's always watching. Even in houses where they don't believe, they always say God's always watching. He's watching. He's watching. This is going to be a sacrifice to you. Let it be a sacrifice to you. Oh, come on, Robert. Amen. And with trust and with fear, that means fear with respect. Do you understand? 
these gentlemen are going to go to each row. And where there's gaps, someone's going to have to get up and pass. There's going to be some effort that's going to happen here. But we're going to stop treating this as if it's just something else we do. We're going to stop treating, I mean all of it. I'm talking about from the first song. I'm talking about from even the effort and putting into the to the presentation and slides. It's going to stop being just something we do, but it's going to be a genuine offering that's given to God in fear. It's going to have respect. And we're going to be in one accord with it. It's going to be meaningful. And God is going to say, thank you, Sulphur Springs, for being in one accord and offering offering to me. Okay? I'm making eye contact with everyone. Do you understand? Do you? Do you understand? If anybody's asleep, wake them up, tell them what happened. You ready? Father, everything we commit unto you. And we ask, Lord God, not that we've done anything to deserve what you've given us, but we ask, Lord God, that you receive back this offering freely. Lord God, I pray for each heart that is giving, whether it's monetarily, whether it's spiritually, whatever it is, Lord God, we pray today that you receive it from us because it's what we have to offer. Lord God, I pray that every heart that is giving is giving it because it's coming from them to you and not from them to a man. We ask that you bless it. We ask that you make it Lord God, acceptable. Help us, Lord, as we understand more and more about giving. Help us to keep that great fear of everything that we offer to you. For it's in Jesus' name.